Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. If you hunt enough, you learn the truth. What you seek speaks a language and knows it well. That's why every Primo's call for everything you hunt is made the right way. We sweat every detail, so you get more out of every hunt. And nothing leaves our hand until we know it'll work in yours. Because we don't just make the world's best calls, we speak the language. Primo's. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Alright, Nick, then I will ask you now. So I want to get your opinion on my scout this morning. Mm -hmm. So I saw these, uh, I'm staking out this field that I have permission for. I'm watching it. There's a lot of geese coming to it. So what they were doing is they were like, coming off the roost, beelining right from one area of this field, mm -hmm. looked like they were going to put down in it, but just ended up circling it a bunch of times. Okay. A couple flocks did that, then they peeled off and went in kind of random directions. And then some other flocks did made some big circles, like went a half mile to the west and came all the way back. They looked like they were lost. And then went up over the trees and went and landed in this other field, which I also have permission to, but it, I don't really like the way it lays out. Plus, we got stuck in there last week, and it was a pain in the ass. But, so... So they or, went to an, a field that they had been using? Like, previously, like how long yeah, ago? Yeah, maybe. Well, we were there last weekend. Like, at least a week ago then? Yeah. Well, I'm right. assuming there's new birds. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think there's, like, new birds that are just kind of exploring? Trying to figure it out. Well, yeah, because it looked like they were going to put down in that field, the first field, but then they didn't. There's no reason for them not. I don't know why they wouldn't have. And then, so some more flocks would come and they would do the same thing and then join there. And then once that feed kind of got established with, I'd say, 100 plus, can't really see it because it's in the trees. I'm just guessing by the amount of birds I saw, like, mm -hmm. dump in there and not come back out. Then once that feed established, it seemed like every flock that came from that southeast direction still went to that same corner of that first field on a straight line you could see them kind of see those geese and just veer off and dump right in with them. Okay, so once they that they... stop doing the circling thing. Yeah, I've seen that before, too, where they just uh, they go and they blow out off the roost, go to one spot, circle, 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 explode out from there, and then kind of there's maybe 20 minutes of pandemonium and, and exploration, and then they settle into a spot, probably one they're familiar with, and then everything's just yeah. right to it. Yep. After that, it's like there was no fucking around. Now, did you watch to it. the birds, like their activity when they're in the field? Did it look like they're feeding? I can't really, couldn't, no, because I couldn't see them. And I didn't okay. go in there. All right. I mean, I could have drove to it, but then, you know, when I've risk bumping when, them out too. When I've seen, do you ever think geese just have like a chill spot they go just to hang out, just uh, off the water, off yeah, the roost? probably. I think so. Because uh, 
you don't see as much exploring as you would expect like geese to do. You do see a lot of geese just getting up off the roost, going to their feed, like when it's feed time. And I mean, new birds um, uh, do it too. And you'd think like, don't they want need to like get a, a, the feel for the area and like fly around? And I don't think they do like really, they just know, you know, like sometimes yeah. when the farmer cuts a field like west of town, and it's they, he did it overnight, and all the birds in the morning get up and just go west, like straight to it. Like, how the fuck do they all know? Yeah. Well, they I do have know. a good vantage point. They can probably see. But if it happens overnight, and like, yeah, well. they just, like, some people think it's smell, like they can smell a fresh field. Maybe. But the exploration behavior, what I've seen typically is when they pick that spot, like when they all dump in and they decide, like, this is the spot. They stand there like they're on ice, like they're just standing there, like looking around at each other and especially silage fields, because those are multi-use um, environments for a goose. They're not just there to eat. They're, they're there to, I think they're there to get gizzard grit in some occasions. And sometimes I think they're there to just chill because hmm. those uh, silage fields, they're insulated from that um, no feed mornings. Like they, if whenever like the no feed morning uh, weather system occurs, and people are getting burned out on feeds, the guys that are shooting are typically in silage, like really um, consistently. And that doesn't even mean that they don't get screwed either. They just have like much less of a chance of getting screwed when you're on a silage field compared to a cut cornfield or if you want to run on, a, you know, like some traffic on a beans or something like that. And you then, on like the cold mornings when they don't feed, that's when you see a lot of that activity too, like the exploration stuff and... Uh, just goose geese acting weird a lot of times it's described as yeah. <laughs> i don't know uh you just wouldn't you expect them to fly around more they seem to definitely have a plan most times the birds this morning didn't seem like they had a plan right until a plan was given to them it's like once there was like 100 birds on the ground then the mm -hmm. other ones are like oh that's the plan okay we'll do that you right. know they weren't doing much fucking around but the first couple flocks were definitely like they didn't seem to know where they wanted to go and they were talking a lot. A lot of honking, a lot yeah. of vocalization. Um, yeah. And that was this morning, you said? This morning, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cold and clear. There's guys getting screwed on feed fields this morning. And and they flew right away. Really? Like, right away. Do you think it's a chance they got bumped off the roost? No, because the roost is the shit plant. Oh, all right. Maybe. Maybe a coyote, but eh, not likely. Not likely. They usually have big fences around those things, so. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, how would I do it? What's the weather tomorrow? So what I was thinking would have been just to set up like almost runch because I don't I don't want to hunt the field they went into just because it's kind of a pain in the dick and the way it sets up it's not the greatest. I don't think that there's necessarily any indication you've given me that they're going to be dedicated to it tomorrow. Right. So I would just they seem to fly over that one spot in the field primarily that's their flight line. I was just going to put a pretty big spread right there and basically run traffic. I think that's a good idea. Right there. Um. Let's take a look. Um, we do have some clouds coming in here tonight. Let's see what it looks like tomorrow, Friday morning. Ooh, um, clouds are kind of rolling in and out, it looks like. So that's good for you. That'll kind of maybe get them to be a lot, little less lazy about feeding and, yeah. and their activity in the morning. Because a lot of times when... And there's wind. There wasn't any wind this morning, either, no. which I thought maybe played a role in like how they were kind of squirrely. Like they couldn't... It looked like they were trying to get down, but they weren't quite figuring out how to do it. And I definitely think it plays a role in that lazy behavior. Um, like when it's cold and it's clear and there's no wind. That's just like the 
the triple threat of we are getting fucked this morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. So let me take. The wind does seem to keep them a little more honest. That's north of here. Yeah. Let me just see what what something says here for cloud wise, but um, it kind of gets into the one topic we were thinking about talking about about like uh, goose patterns. Yeah. And I don't like the word pattern. Patterning geese. I don't think they. They do the same thing from day to day occasionally, but I don't think they necessarily have a dedicated pattern. Like, um, I think the geese just, they react to the weather the way it is right now. Meaning, the line of thinking like, well, they fed really late last night. They're probably still going to have food in their belly. Well, they're going to do what the weather tells them to do that morning. Like, if the weather tells them to go feed, they're going to go feed. If the weather tells them to chill and be lazy and then fly around and feel crazy and then stand in a silage field for two hours with their heads up <laughs> yeah they also seem to know what the weather's going to do before it happens absolutely yeah i noticed that too like i think we might have even discussed this like yeah. when it's cloudy one morning you're like why aren't they feeding and then all of a sudden it clears up you're right. like how do they know yeah uh-huh yeah you definitely see that happening too they, yeah they'll feed before a major weather system in weird times so, They're definitely more keyed into it than than we are. Dude, it says tomorrow, um, between the hours of 8 a.m. and noon a.m. <laughs> and noon a.m. Noon p.m. <laughs> um, yeah, they uh, good clouds. And then they even come back in the afternoon oh, nice. well, from like 2 to 4 or 5, 83 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, so it's going to be kind of warm. I actually kind of thought, well, I wonder if I shouldn't do a grass spot. They seem to like to eat grass more on warm days. Oh, most definitely. They switch from the heavy grains to the grass. And another thing is, too, is people are getting burned in feed fields right now. And a lot of times people associate that no feed morning with um, late season. But it's not a late season behavior. It's a goose behavior. Whenever it gets to be like the conditions where it's uh, right around, I used to say 32 but now it's it, there's some t- days when you get it like even like 38, 42 degrees, and it is uh, a little chilly in the morning, no wind, just that bright, clear, light air, and um, hey, they are not doing shit. They're gonna go. A lot of times they'll just go off the roost and go straight to a loaf or straight to a baseball field, whatever, and they will sit there and maybe then from there go to a loaf with some <laughs> water on it, and then they're gonna go out for a late afternoon feed. That's those like weird like four o'clock feeds you see. It's like it's not really close enough to sundown to call it an evening feed, but yeah, not quite afternoon either. Like the activity starts a little bit earlier yeah. for the feed activity sometimes. I mean, if the weather's I remember that happening to, to do us. that. We were, we were setting up in a grass field where we had seen them the day before, and it was fairly early in the season. So we got out there at like two o'clock, started setting up, and the day before we they were in there, you know. Right before legal sundown or whatever, mm-hmm. and so we set up. We're well, we weren't even set up. We're getting set up, and all of a sudden we just start hearing honks, and they're coming. And we're like, "Crap! We didn't had hardly any of the decoys out. We didn't have the blind set up. Nothing. We basically had to like dump ourselves in the grass and hide." And we ended up well, we shot like shit, but we ended up snagging a couple out of there. We're like, "Why did they all?" And maybe they got bumped, but it's like, "Why did they all come at?" three o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> that is pretty weird like what in the heck sometimes it's just tough to tell what geese are gonna do and yeah. right now especially we have got a lot of different subspecies in our area right now um 
the grass eaters are here hard too because you get much later than this in the season. It's October 8th right now. You get much later, I mean, a couple of weeks from now, we're not going to have like really good tasty grass for these geese. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like right at that point where you still get a little bit of new growth, like with the nice warm days like we're having now. And the geese will come and capitalize on it. Like down at the Fridley High School, there was like 300 of them there the other night. And I'm like, Jesus. And they've been doing the water feed in Moore Lake, which they're still doing, I guess, a little bit. And um, feeding on macroinvertebrates or shrimp or pond shit. And uh, now the grass eaters are here for sure hard because we do not hold geese that are grain feeders. Like if they come into the metro area, they will be filtering out within 24 hours. Um, Hmm. You won't even really see the amount of geese here. Like you remember uh, Labor Day? Yeah. Dude, there was geese crawling on every sidewalk around here. No, when I saw them geese again? Never. Never. No, no. (laughs) I think those were the birds that come down for that first early silage pick, those molts. And then um, I think there's another wave coming in for the water feeds. And also, hmm. they might be geese that do dual, like, water feeds and grass feeds because those geese have been here now for uh, quite a few days. And when the grain birds come here or later in the season, when you see the birds that just show up in the city for safety, or this is their migration kind of just stopping point, like, 300 one day, 100 the next, and then back down to the original, like, 27 that were yeah. there two weeks ago. Right. And yeah, that are just picking away at the last bits of grass that they like. Out this morning, I did find uh, there was like a, oh, look, this would be a cattle pasture. It was like right next to a barn, and there was, it was small too, but it was shit stacked with birds. A cattle pasture? What time? Uh, This would be about 9.30. I bet they went straight there from their roost. You don't think they roosted there, do you? No, No. they were going straight there. There There's no water. It's actually kind of like on a hill. Was there trees? No. No trees? Mm-mm. They do like to chill in the shady trees. Yeah. Sometimes you drive past a pasture that's got like those sparse trees mm-hmm. and like you see geese and every one of them is like it's taking in the shade, shade yeah. naps. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're just like us. I there's feel a, like. <laughs> there's a pasture pretty close to my house that's like that. Pretty, pretty well known. I would definitely, if I could build my own place to hunt, I would have a tunnel going from my basement to the pit. <laughs> and then I would have grass and a little bit of mixed grains and... um some trees. I would definitely put yeah. some trees out there. Like if I could just build my ideal, right, my right. ideal backyard. Yeah. How about you? That's what's your, funny. That's pretty funny. What's your, the, the tunnel. System. The tunnel. Oh yeah, dude. I want a pit. I've always thought about the tunnel system for like deer hunting, like so I could get to my back property without <laughs> leaving any scent, and like my 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 uh, tree stand or blind or whatever would just be like a fake or a hollowed out giant oak tree, and like my shooting holes would be right in the tree, and it just pop up right inside the tree It'd dude there's some companies that make some insanely awesome yeah. like tree stump blinds yeah for like deer hunters yep. you still need the, you either you need the underground tunnel system yes or you need like an ewok village where it's like an ewok village yeah that's you, you i wouldn't the, have used the, that term but <laughs> <laughs> you got, the, you got the, the suspension bridges that are way in the treetops so you could you could see the deer over there and then you're like okay i need to get over there via that tree that this trail over there these bridges over there and it would be cool to have, like, an elevated shooting platform for geese. I've always wanted to do, like, a death from above for geese. Oh, I've done it a couple like times. A, like a gravel pit where they're down and down below you or something. Man, one time in uh, South Dakota, I was a kid, and uh must have been, like, 15 or 16, and we had a day where the we could only set up on this lake that just had thousands of birds on it, and... With the wind in our face, and it must have been like 30 gusting to 40. Oh, it was insane. Brutal. But there, this uh, one side of the lake had like cliffs on it. 
And so we sat up on top of them and the birds were just kind of cruising the shoreline. And in that wind, they was just pushing them all towards the shore, like at us. And we just pass shot like oh, down from the <laughs> cliffs. Awesome. You could see like if you were um, leading incorrectly, you see the yeah. pellets at the water below them. And that was really cool. Yeah, that would be fun. I've, I've often thought about it, but I haven't had the chance to do it. That would be... I don't know why that would be so cool. It just would be cool. I like pass shooting a lot, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's challenging. and You don't have to move decoys. You don't have to move don't decoys. You don't have to pick up decoys. No, and it's uh, <laughs> it's not unethical whatsoever if you know what you, you're capable of. And Why would it be unethical? No, I know. Just, people get mad at pass shooters. It's part of the game. It's an end's fun part. It's a fun part of the game. <laughs> <laughs> I love pass shooting. Getting on a good snow goose pass shoot. Dude, there's these dudes at my oh, work. Oh, you definitely could do that. There's some guys at my work, and uh, they're just like Joe Average, every, everyday type goose hunters, and they go out and chase snow geese every spring. For some reason, these guys have just dialed in their pass shoot game, and uh, they're like hardcore about it. They've got like tactics, and um, I want to go with them. And they've had multiple triple bird or triple digit days on snows doing pass shooting, like uh, just getting in between, getting in between wherever, wherever. And they're telling me they're walking in sometimes like a half mile just to get on the right, um, just get on the right line of geese and to make it so the wind blows your shot, um, shot sound away from the where the birds are coming from. They are good at it. I mean, you got to be good to get like a hundred plus on a pass shoot day. They said they're taking shots like 20, 25 yards. All right. Wow. Uh, that sounds funner than fuck. Yeah. And uh, awesome. setting out zero snow goose decoys. <laughs> right? For sure. Yeah. Except that, that know, nice. it might be a little bit of work to get to or get the birds out of there. Yeah. Well, you worry about that later. Yeah, right? <laughs> Just like when you s- jump shoot a pasture pond, like, oh, fuck. Yeah. How deep is that again? Anybody have waders? Who has waders? <laughs> <laughs> Never done that. <laughs> Just like 40 birds swimming away from you. Like, yeah. How many dogs do we have? None. We definitely did that on a snow goose hunt. We went out. We set up in this field. The birds ignored us and went straight to water, which I think it was right behind us. We knew we weren't going to – this wasn't the area, the, the state we were going to be hunting in for our time out there. So we all agreed to, like, let's just go jump it. So that's what we did. We went and we jumped it. Boom, 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 boom. You know, there's bodies laying everywhere. There's some cripples we got to go round up. So half of us went to go do that. The other half just waited up on top of the hill. And it ended up, did end up, I guess, technically pass shooting another one that was, like, really high. <laughs> nice. It was <laughs> There was three of us up there, and there's, like, two of them that are coming, like, straight at us. But they're up there. And I'm like, I'm going to try it. And I shoulder my gun, and I'm, I'm – swinging through this bird and i wait till they're like straight up above me and right before i touch the trigger i don't know why my buddy joel's like no and i was like why not so i hit the trigger boom and it just like i got like hit power button and it just <laughs> straight down you know that, like ooh, head witnesses like that was a tall shot that was all of 70 satisfying feeling man yeah. like like when i band hunt i uh i caught some pretty big heavy like heavy shot loads like two shot and three shot which is ridiculous for a heavy shot like a 12 grains per cubic centimeter pellet that's mm-hmm. coyote shit so like <laughs> yeah. um but if i if a band lands at 80 yards i want to get it well also um i don't mind that when it gets later in the day and you just kind of you can see that lead on that 90 yard bird mm-hmm. you can just see like i bet i could hit that thing <laughs> when you fold those things up and they fall and make that yeah. thud you're like 
Yes. Oh, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Like you saw the like just a red dot under his chin, and then straight out his head. Like that was a brain box right. power button shot. Well, here's a good example of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, patterning geese. Um, I'm real leery when somebody's like, "Well, the geese showed up at you know, four o'clock in the afternoon yesterday." So I'm like, I don't care what they did today, and neither do they, because um, we've been kind of going on a string of days here where they've been either lazy or going direct to loafs um, because it's been in the mid-30s, um, maybe upper 30s the last few mornings, clear, no wind. And now, like, for your hunt tomorrow, I'm looking at the weather here now, and it's going to be a low of, it looks like, um, uh, 61 tonight. That's maybe it. 50. Maybe 58. Uh, and you're north of here, so maybe yeah, let's just call it 50 just to be safe. 50, you got clouds coming in at 7 a.m., um, you got a wind at the wind comparison chart is telling me that at 8 a.m. you're going to have anywhere between an eight and a half and a 12 and a half mile an hour wind with clouds, with That's warmth, like that is a recipe to me. My money's going to be on a very active feed in the morning and like a direct from roost to feed. Like if, if I were you, I'd watch those birds tonight, see where they fed tonight because they probably will feed heavy tonight because they had the lazy morning today. And the weather um, will push them out for a nice afternoon feed. And then they're going to be going out um, either regular or earlier than regular time tomorrow. And uh, they'll be feeding hard. You'll be getting good decoy in action. If I had to guess. That doesn't happen. I'm going to sue you. Um, I'm wrong. I'm, you know, <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. But like, that's where if I was a betting man, like that's where I'd put my money on tomorrow morning and Especially if this happens, especially in the late season when guys are like, well, the geese aren't feeding until four o'clock in the afternoon. All right. And what's the weather tomorrow? Well, it's going to stay pretty warm and it's going to cloud up around 11 o'clock at night. And it's going to get, it's going to stay around 32. Like, okay, 32 is that, that barrier in this October part of the year where I'm starting to think like they're not going to go feed, but 32 when it's coming off of like 10, that's a weather change, and yeah, then it's you, a warm up. It's a warm up. Any sort of a change, you can get the change in the birds. You add the subdued lighting into that factor, and it's like we are going to be there when it gets light out. Like I hate setting up in the dark, but we're going to be setting our first decoys, have our our blind grass all ready to go at at, at first light. And people are like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> yeah, but, but they 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 came here at four o'clock the last three nights. Like again, don't don't care. <laughs> yeah. yeah look at the weather change uh it's yeah i mean what do you it, <sighs> numerous times i've put birds to bed and it meant nothing no and you just if you are going strictly based on like what the geese did yesterday to plan your hunt tomorrow i'd say you are going to have at least 20 percent bust hunts throughout the course of a season like if you just strictly like are like they come here at this time Okay, twenty percent of your hunts are gonna you're gonna be like I don't know what those geese are doing. They fucked us this morning. Well, but, of course but, they switch it up today. But yeah, well, but then with that said, like, what do you? What would be the change? Like, I guess if you don't think they're gonna go to feed, you set up in a loaf instead, just a blind loaf, and hope for the best. I mean, that's, I wouldn't. That's a I tough sell to the buddies. I mean, a loaf <laughs> is kind of a uh, is a risk anyways, because. The one like crazy factor that always throws these predictions for a loop is the goddamn weatherman. <laughs> that <laughs> son of a bitch. That son of a bitch, man. <laughs> and uh, you'll get, uh, all right, my money's on this happening to you tomorrow. But what if 
if there's not a damn cloud in the sky what if right. it goes down to like closer to 42 43 you know and now it's not as cloudy as they thought so it gets cooler than it than they yeah, thought yeah yeah and now all of a sudden you're like oh, that motherfucker when i find him <laughs> but tomorrow i would say like um it's not borderline you know what i mean it's not a it's not like i don't know this is this is not a forecast that could go either way it looks like it's going to be windy it looks like it's going to be warm so and in the 80s tomorrow for high 83 for a high is what it says that is pretty crazy for october 9 tomorrow and then saturday it's only supposed to be a high like 63 with the northeast wind yeah sunny though man friday night man uh so a quick turnaround friday night at uh let's just say so hopefully they do feed with uh reckless abandon with that weather change on the horizon dude straight north winds at um, the comparison chart saying four and a half to ten and a half miles an hour, um, but all that's an outlier. Like the four four winds are eight to ten, eight to ten and a half. No straight north, clear skies, sixty one degrees. That's when I put my money on geese moving in overnight on really? uh, on Friday night for sure. Get some fresh lost birds in the morning. When is this airing? Is are you going to publish this today? Do you think? probably that'd be cool if i can get it out um yeah so if you're listening to this uh thursday or friday then uh maybe get ready for uh, some freshies to arrive for the weekend and And the moon's not full by any stretch but it's pretty bright i noticed last night like it's like half it's bright yeah i I don't think geese need the moon i think it, it definitely is a it definitely helps but they don't they will move without it like even in its total absence because also i think that you get mostly the movement that's going to be happening is going to be happening about 30 minutes to an hour after sunset until midnight-ish, 2 mm. o'clock. Do you, do you ever notice there seems to be a tail off of the, the overnight activity um, as you get later into the night? Don't have much uh, experience with that. Sometimes, though, when you're in an area like with a lot of snow geese and specks pushing through, it is up until that orange burn on the horizon like as soon as there's like that little orange tint to the uh, horizon you hear geese like all night long and specks snows mm-hmm. cackling geese and uh they will definitely fly through the night because there's been a few times we've headed out to do spring snow goose hunting i'll just stop randomly somewhere i gotta piss we're in the middle of nowhere we're probably still an hour and a half two hours out from our final destination but i get out random road and take a piss and all you hear is oh yeah just lines 2 30 in the morning like yeah. jesus yeah they got a whole you know that's tough for humans to make observations during that time period obviously but i mean to a goose that is part of its day it's part of its life cycle it it will sleep all day it will uh it, it gets what it needs to get and it reacts to the weather as it happens now if it's a yeah. good time to migrate right now it migrates they're gonna migrate <laughs> yeah it's time to go but geese also do like smaller pushes typically, and unless you're a speckle belly or a snow, where they do those um, ginormous yeah. pushes. Especially Dude, I, the specs. I, was, I posted something on my snap about uh, okay, we've been getting a lot of tundra geese that have been dying around the area the last since last Saturday. And what are you considering tund- tundra geese? Uh, any goose that breeds north of the Arctic Circle, which snow is geese. like <laughs> yeah, that's a snow goose or a cackling goose or a, a speck, and like primarily all of those birds are like the strong strong majority of them breed north of the arctic circle and uh, they've been coming down real good lately so i mean we've got birds from way up north i was thinking about it though like if you put a mile marker 
I was actually screwing around with Google Earth, like measuring distances. Like from that Queen Elizabeth Island or whatever it is, like whatever it is straight north of us into the Arctic Circle, from the time you start there and get to Minneapolis, they're like seven-tenths or like two-thirds at least done with their migration. Like here it is October 8th. Like they're almost yeah. in their winter grounds. Like yeah, that's crazy. That is so fucking far, how far they yeah. went to get from there to here. Like, and they didn't start it usually until like mid-September-ish or late-September-ish. And here they are a couple weeks later. I know the specs like to come out of the uh, Arctic Circle and go to the Saskatchewan, Alberta border area. Mm -hmm. And then they stay there for like a solid three weeks, usually. And then just two, two, like two migration events, one from the tundra to the Sask and Alberta area. And from there to the Gulf of Mexico or the Mississippi alluvial Valley or the Mexico central highlands, like crazy shit. Yeah. It's nuts. It's, blows my mind that they can make that journey in one one swoop dude i was listening to the ducks unlimited podcast too i'm kind of just going back and i'm kind of random thoughts here whatever whatever but you know um we're talking about pattern and geese and we're talking about late season and how they don't go out to feed really really mm-hmm. typically on a cold clear morning and they're talking about how um ducks and geese require more energy reserves during the winter and um they have to feed more to burn those calories i'm like no, the fuck they don't. No, they don't. No, they like, feed once a day. They feed once a day. <laughs> like, they'll go out at sunset or, like, damn near sunset. Sometimes some of them are coming out after sunset to chisel out a couple few morsels of corn out of some frozen ground um, for 30 minutes, for 20 minutes in the dark, and then they fly back to the roost. Um, like, when it, it's just at that very last light, like... um. That's why they have so much fat. That's they, what that's their reserves. Like they don't need those calories when they don't burn those calories. Right. right now, geese can be super active. Like they're going like fucking around. They're jumping up, flying around. They maybe have been migrating quite a bit in the, the recent history. They are going to feeds. They are going to loafs. They are walking around in sidewalks, eating grass all day. That burns a lot of energy. Like the geese, I don't know. It's just like so. It's so textbooky the way they think about ducks and geese. It's not like have you watched fucking birds? Like those geese, <laughs> right, yeah. those geese must be eating a handful of corn per day and munching some grass sometimes. Like yeah, they can't be getting much. But you know, they feed up before. That's why they how they get all their skin so fatty by late winter. I mean, that's what they're they're fat too. Living. Yeah. yeah, they're fat. That's they're what not, they're living off. Of. When they sleep on the sleep in that sun all day long, I mean, they don't burn hardly a calorie at all. And they, nope. I don't know. Then some guy pulls up with a truck, dumps a bag of corn out. <laughs> or they knock a whole field down in Rochester. Dude, I've been thinking about putting corn out in my uh, yard now. I normally do... Uh, you get a lot of deer and turkeys. There is a lot of deer and turkeys in the neighborhood now since they cut down those woods to build the hive. Oh, really? Yeah, I've noticed a bunch of turkeys Pushed moving in the out. neighborhood. But uh, I normally do these uh, winter mallard feeds. Um, if somebody's never watched it, like on my Snap Stories, like... In the um, Minneapolis area, we get a lot of wild winter mallards, and they are northern birds, and they're hardy, and they're smart, and they're wary. People think they're park ducks, but they are not the least bit park ducks. And they'll show up, and they'll sit in, like, um, f- there's two big roosts, one over in Northtown Mall and one on East River Road in 694, the water discharges. And they'll stack up with, like, five, 10,000 mallards each. And um, those, what those ducks do is they go around, and they fly, and they 
come down into people's yards and a lot of people have bird feeders up and uh each one of those ducks will hit that bird feeder <laughs> with their wing on the That's way in crazy. so they, they've kind of filter in like single file it off. yeah and they're just knocking people's bird feed out of their bird feeders and then just <laughs> munching it up and they hit it for like five minutes That's and crazy. boom they'll go to another one and uh i was uh biking home from work the other day and I heard like, like something, it startled me. There's like wings, sounded like a pheasant get up. There's a couple mallards sitting in somebody's mm. yard under a bird feeder. I was like, this was like two weeks Already? ago. Already? Yeah. yeah. Crazy. And I mean, fuck, do I put my corn out now? Uh, well, I mean, it's only going to cost you one bag. See what happens. I should. Give it a shot. I should. But you got a trip coming up, don't you? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, should we well, should we talk about that like on a different pod about trips? Yep, on the next one. <laughs> We've already done like a traveling one, but we kind of t- well, we can also recap what happened and did or didn't happen in that one because we never did do a recap about what of that uh, the one where we did the traveling podcast. Remind me. So we went out looking for public land. Oh no no, uh-huh. I was talking about like traveling like uh, um, oh, like airlines. To, yeah, 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 how to yeah, travel. Yeah. No, we don't need to cover that, but no, just, no, uh, no. We'll do a little preview of what you're doing and whatever else. So what's going on next week on Waterfall Wednesday? <laughs> on Waterfall Thursday, Friday. Yeah, whatever day this comes out. <laughs> All right, should we end this one? Yep. About goose patterns and how you shouldn't pattern geese and miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. <laughs> This has been the Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, Waterfall Wednesday with Nick J. Thanks, everybody, for joining. Hey, if you got some uh, waterfall lovers out there that you know and they're not aware of the Waterfall Wednesday or Full Scale Outdoors Podcast, let them know. Share it with your buddies. Keep it going around. Uh, don't forget, if you have a beard, if you're thinking about growing a beard, take care of that some bitch. Go to thebeardstruggle.com, put in code FULLSCALE15 at checkout, save yourself 15%. Thank you again for listening, whatever your passion, especially if it's waterfowl, pursue it full scale. You'd think, with four of us spread out on a tiny island, that the task of tagging a whitetail would not be a big thing. But, as I've learned, no matter where I've been, Whitetails can be damn tricky. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. Join Captain Justin Leake and Meredith McCord for the best fishing action along Panama City Beach. Tune in to Chasing the Sun every Sunday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.